This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, there have been uh, numerous cases of a founder leaving a startup for one reason or another. But the reason for that person leaving the company, could that actually have an impact on the future path of the firm? Might that company be more willing to stay on the same path rather than make changes? Or are they more potential to go ahead and make to want to make the change? Dan Kim is an assistant professor of management here at the Wharton School who has taken a deeper dive into this. And he joins us right now to discuss what he has found out. Dan, pleasure to talk to you. How have you been? Good. It's, uh, it's good to be back on the show, Dan. Thank you. Great to have you back here. All right. Let me start in general because this is a unique kind of uh, idea to look at. What was it that piqued your interest in the first place? Sure. Uh, so we think about startups very closely associated with their founders. But it turns out a lot of founders actually separate from the firm, as you mentioned earlier on. So like a lot of founders, uh, roughly 40% of them end up separating from their company uh, by the time they actually reach an IPO. So that really motivated us to think, you know, what is the role of founders after founding? Uh, in particular, you mentioned uh, the strategic direction of these companies. We wanted to understand uh, the pivot behavior of companies that might change after the company separates uh, with the founder. So take us through the research that you did here. Sure. So the question here is how does the startup uh, change its pivoting behavior, which are going to be uh, these strategic changes into a new market after the uh, founder leaves the company? And if you don't mind, I'm going to give you kind of two examples to crystallize uh, this question and, and why it might matter. So on the one hand, uh, there are um, instances where the founders can actually hold back the company from making good pivots precisely because these founders have their personal vision uh, that might also be affected when the company makes a pivot. So one example here is uh, Pandora Internet Radio, you know, quite closely related to uh, the platform we're on right now. The founder, Tim Westergren, I mean, he founded the company uh, as a musician and he wanted and he had a vision for musicians to be discovered uh, by everyday listeners. Um, that may not necessarily uh, know who these non-top tier musicians are. So this kind of radio creation service really helped, uh, in a way, democratize music and help these uh, musicians to be discovered. But later on, um, as the business developed, what happened was on streaming, um, on-demand streaming became a lot more promising uh, as a market strategy. But here, Tim Westergren actually resisted that change because transitioning to that particular strategy would then mean uh, his vision for allowing musicians to be discovered actually gets compromised. So, so you can see how founders' personal beliefs and vision and really starting the business can actually hold back the company from making these changes. So that was really a motivating example of how founders can actually uh, hold back these companies. So if you wanted to understand, you know, aside from these mm -hmm. anecdotes, because uh, there are also many heroic stories of founders making big pivots. I mean, one quick example of this is J.W. Marriott, the hotel chain that we know today. Uh, he actually started the company as a root beer stand in the kind of <laughs> really rough summers of D.C., people needing a refreshment. And that business eventually evolved into the motel and then the hotel chain that we know today uh, through a variety of changes uh, that he saw uh, in the marketplace. So those in examples really give us kind of contradictory answers. The question is, 
how do the founders actually uh, impact the direction of these companies after they leave? So that was the research question uh, for the study. We're joined by Dan Kim uh, of the Wharton School uh, talking about this research that he has been a part of about uh, the future of companies if uh, a change is made at the top. And, and I guess there's a variety of different reasons where, you know, you could have that a, a founder would lead the company, uh, even everything up to uh, the, the founder's passing uh, could be a factor. So how, how do some of these dynamics really, and I guess to a degree, what happens with the founder leaving under, different, you know, whatever circumstances it is, could impact right. that path of, of which way the company goes. Right. So, Dan, you're pointing to exactly why this is such a difficult question to actually study and give us a really rigorous empirical answer because the, the company might be letting go of the founder precisely because the company needs to change, right? So in many cases, venture capital investors, they do a lot of things to help the company. One of the things they can actually do is actually fire the founder, and oftentimes it's because the founder needs to be gone so that the company can actually make a pivot into a new market. So this is why if we find that companies um, are more likely to pivot after firing of the CEO, founder, uh, it's not all that surprising. So for us, in order to study this in a really kind of rigorous way, we needed unexpected founder departures. And here it's a bit morbid, uh, but uh, we had the data to be able to actually look at this closely, which is unexpected um, death of founders uh, that happens. Uh, and, and we use uh, administrative data from our federal government to have a large sample. So we look at companies yeah. who lose a founder unexpectedly uh, due to premature death, and then compare that company to, to another company that looks almost identical. Same industry, same region, right? Same kind of business model, but that they didn't lose a founder. So we kind of track these twin startups uh, and see how their trajectory changes. So that um, use of premature death is a, is a way to kind of carve out and isolate these unexpected events of founder departures. So, Dan, you, the other side to this that you mentioned as well uh, involves uh, the VC. Uh, and obviously, VC investors play a big role in the development of a startup. Uh, why yeah. is it important for the why is it important for the VC to have this data? Do you believe? Sure, uh, but before let me just kind of just highlight you know what happens when the founder leaves. So we'll, yeah, because I think that is why the VCs actually should pay attention to the result here. The main result here yep. is that when you lose a founder, the company becomes a lot less likely to pivot. What does that mean? Founders generally are these individuals who are really enabling and driving pivots from within. They are driving these changes on average, especially when there's a lot of uncertainty and you're more likely to find out that your initial idea wasn't so good uh, as a startup. So these individuals are really important for driving that change when it's necessary. For VCs, why this is important is that they do many things, like I mentioned before, to help the startup company reach its maximum potential. But one of the main levers they have is actually firing the founder. They, they often see it as a, you know, one big discontinuous change they could bring to the company to enable um, um, more promising um, um, change for the company. But what this highlights, the research here, is that, look, these individuals are 
particularly the ones who have the authority and perhaps the vision to make changes from within. So for VCs, I'm not saying you shouldn't or you should never fire right the, the founders, but instead don't see it as an automatic you know lever to help companies. Rather have conversations with the founders about the future trajectory of the startup because they might be the best allies of making those big right. changes to a different market when the company needs to change. Joined by Dan Kim, uh, who is uh, assistant professor of management here at the Wharton School. What do you think, Dan, is probably your most important takeaway from looking into this and, and really longer term, uh, you know, drives the, the greatest uh, adoption of information off of this research, do you think? Sure. I think this really highlights how founders are really important even after founding because we often think founders are really good at coming up with ideas. And then as the company grows up, perhaps they're not the right people to execute it and operate the company. And this actually uh, stands in sharp contrast to what we know generally about organizations and leadership at the top, because in that space, what we have seen is that when a CEO of a large company, when there's a change in that leadership, there's often corporate renewal. There's a lot more good things happening uh, because perhaps uh, that older CEO was holding back the company from making um, good initiatives, perhaps because it didn't align with their personal incentives or their career mm -hmm. uh, and, and what have you. So, so there is that result is that when the people at the top, there's shuffling uh, and, and transitions, there's, there's kind of better trajectory for these organizations. But for startups, as I just mentioned before, actually losing the person at the top is quite detrimental. So um, startups seem yeah. to be a really kind of unique organization where the, the leader and the founding team uh, really have to drive the strategic director and because they are brittle companies uh, that need that guidance. So I think that would be the big takeaway, which is that founders play a huge role even after founding in allowing their startups to reach their maximum potential. Dan, pleasure to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dan Kim, Assistant Professor of Management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.